recognizing especially the aspect of kindness and our text being verse 3, where not only does David say he would like to show kindness to Jonathan for Jonathan's sake, but he says that he wants to show God's kindness, showing God's kindness. People of God, we have been reflecting together on the life of David, and here we have another powerful story from the life of David, showing us again another detail, another insight into who not David is, but who God is. I have a fond memory of this passage from our preaching class as seminarians. About 22 years ago, we were as seminarians meeting with Professor Dr. Carl Krominga. And he was teaching us how to preach and do things. And as part of our assignment early on, he asked each of us to select a passage from the Bible that we would read and to read it to the class, and to read it with proper emphasis and enunciation and all of these things. Professor Krominga was very precise. He specially warned us not to select a passage with long, difficult names. I don't remember which passage I selected, but a classmate, a friend, Paul Bakker, Selected to Samuel 9. And he stumbled through that. <laughs> Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. He stumbled through that. We all shook our heads. He was a bit of a rascal, hey? Professor Krominga marked us all. And it was an act of kindness that Professor Krominga gave a fairly good mark. He did that for two reasons, I think. One reason was he was a kind man. There was a kindness about him that we gravitated to. He was a wonderful <coughs> professor teaching us in terms of ministry and preaching. The second thing, I think, he was very knowledgeable, and I think he knew, and definitely even in reading and hearing it again, the story of Mephibosheth is about kindness. Kindness. And so out of even just that, God's word expressing the need to be kind. And so that reality led him also to be kind to my friend Paul. We are going to look at that sense of kindness, showing kindness this morning in this story. And when you think about the story of Mephibosheth, it is about kindness. It says here in 2 Samuel 9 that David wanted to show kindness. It says in verse 1. It says again in verse 3. It says again in verse 7. The text is to show kindness, but more than just general kindness, that too, but God's kindness, godly kindness, 
to show that. How can we, how can each of us also show godly kindness, a kindness that is, is more than just generally being nice? And so in this particular passage, two things are highlighted in terms of that. One is justice, where the king restores the land that belonged to Mephibosheth. There's a sense of, of justice, of doing what's right. The land did belong to Saul's family and to Mephibosheth, and David restores that. It's justice. To do justice is a tremendous kindness to people, to treat them as they deserve. And then mercy. To show mercy is that, that added godly kindness. There was no reason why David needed to do any of this. And in fact, to invite Mephibosheth to always eat at my table, verse 7, and again at the end. In this way, we are seeing before us an example of how God shows kindness to us. And in this, we are challenged to seek ways that we can show godly kindness to others. And so we want to reflect on that this morning. So when was the last time you showed kindness in a, in a general way? I hope you can think of things even this morning or yesterday where you, you simply in, in small ways were kind to those around you. Where you simply uh, helped, said an encouraging word. Maybe you were playing a game and you let the other person win. Kindness. Just kindness. What about bigger kindness? Bigger things. That you were kind in a bigger way. I'm reminded of two things. One, uh, Pastor Rick Abma from Woody Nook. He's doing work uh, in neighborhoods. He's doing a neighborhood ministry, showing Christian love in neighborhoods. And in his neighborhood, out by Gull Lake, there was someone who needed their roof fixed. And he just went around, asked if that was possible. And, and the neighbors came together, and they, they bought the shingles, and they put them up. Wow. Now that's, that's bigger, right? That's, that's kindness. That's... That's a, a godly kind of self-giving kindness. Have you been part of things like that? It's bigger. I also have an example. I know someone who donated a kidney to a sister. Whoa! Whoa! There were other siblings who might have been able to do that. Kindness, bigger. Would you do that? Would you, yeah, life-enriching, life-engaging kindness. How can we show kindness? How can we even somehow show the kindness of God? David wanted to do that. He wanted to show kindness to Mephibosheth. And this is not a small thing that David is doing. And just to understand how big it is, let me just explain to you uh, how it unfolds here. 
First of all, who is Mephibosheth? <laughs> he is the son of David's friend, Jonathan. And Jonathan, of course, is the son of Saul. And Saul is, of course, the one who hunted and tried to kill David often. So Mephibosheth is the grandson of Saul. He's first mentioned in 2 Samuel 4, verse 4, this verse. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became crippled. His name was Mephibosheth. After Saul and Jonathan die in that battle by Jezreel, the Philistines continue to advance on Jerusalem and are threatening. And so this child of Jonathan is with his nurse and the nurse takes him up to carry him to safety. Now the child is five years old. The thought is that to carry that child, the nurse would take the child on her shoulders. A five-year-old is about 25 kilograms. It's not so much in the arms, it's on the shoulders, run. And so likely that's what happened. This is again a child too of Jonathan. Likely, yeah, as five-year-old uh, boys are, they are pretty agile and they are okay to take care of themselves. So the thought even is, as the nurse was running, and it's a, a hard and barren, that she fell, and that the child likely, too, recognizing, jumped, maybe even landed on his feet. Because, yeah, Jonathan was a great warrior, too, his dad. And so, but in the landing, in the, in the fall, in the hitting the ground, the, the ankles, the feet, was all crushed and smashed. And it never healed right. And so the boy grew up crippled. He couldn't run, maybe walk a little bit. And so this was the, the reality of his life, suffering with that handicap. It's mentioned again here in verse 13 of 2 Samuel 9. He was lame, crippled in both feet. That's one thing we learn about Mephibosheth. The second thing you need to know is that in terms of the family of Saul, the line of descent, had the kingship continued, would have gone through Jonathan, who died, would have gone to Mephibosheth. So he is the next in line for the kingship under Saul, a kingship which David has taken over, but which still has supporters and still resonates in the nation of Israel. We saw it last time with Shimei from the family of Saul throwing stones and mud on David. Mephibosheth, different than Shimei, is officially in line, the next in line, and in fact the only person in line for the kingship under Saul. And that's huge. He is a visible threat the only real threat to David as king as long as he lives. And that's why, in fact, Mephibosheth is hiding. David doesn't know 
that he even exists, doesn't know where he is. And so that's why David asks Ziba if there are any descendants. And there's one. And then he asked him, where is he? And he's hiding. Makir with Makir in Lodabar. That's like saying Old Crow Yukon. Have you been to the Old Crow in the Yukon? That's out of the way, folks. That's nowhere near anywhere. And so this is Lodabar. This is a place to hide. There is still one more thing you need to know. If you bring these two details together, the reality that Mephibosheth was the only heir, and he's a huge threat for the kingship. But then, on the other hand, the fact that he was crippled, and that gets mentioned. The reality of those two together, in Israel, a crippled person couldn't serve as a priest, couldn't serve in, in the, the royal things of the nation and could not serve as king. Automatic. Not possible. So on the one hand, there, there is this, this huge threat. On the other hand, there is no threat. Though, as David summons Mephibosheth, even Mephibosheth is not really sure. Is he a threat or isn't he? And when he comes to David, then David in verse 7 says right away too, don't be afraid. And the sod is too, that, that he has been found and he is going to be brought and he's going to be killed. But David declares his purpose is kindness. Kindness, not afraid to show kindness. David is not afraid to show kindness to this person even if he might be a threat. Doesn't matter. Even if he's an enemy. Doesn't matter because this is, this is God's kindness. You're not just kind to those who are kind to you. You are kind even to those who might be a threat to you. And it's not for anything Mephibosheth did or didn't do or might do in the future, but for the sake of another. For the, th for the sake of a promise he made to Jonathan. The promise is recorded in 1 Samuel 20, verses 14 and 15. Jonathan is speaking. And Jonathan is pleading with David, Show me unfailing kindness like that of the Lord. Jonathan is asking for that. Show me godly kindness as long as I live that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family. And David agrees to that and that resonates in David's heart and David is expressing that kindness now. Not for Mephibosheth's sake. He didn't even know he existed. And once he knew he existed, then he's a threat. And yet, he will show kindness. So when we put that all together, this story gives us a picture of God's grace to sinners. God showing loving kindness to us for the sake of Jesus. As we see this kindness to Mephibosheth, 
We need to see God's kindness to us. Not based on anything we did or didn't do, but for the sake of another. A promise God made that he would bring salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Because we need to recognize, you and I, we are part of a rebel family. We are, through Adam and Eve, rebels against God. We are sinners who deserve no kindness from God. Like Saul and his family who tried to kill David. We, even in our lives, continue to often deny God's name and and ruin his creation. We are crippled by sin. We have fallen. We have the same basic problem Mephibosheth had. We are enemies of the king. And God should simply leave us in our lost and lonely condition. We are like the lost sheep of Luke 15. But the good news is that God wants to show kindness to us. He just wants to show kindness to us. Just like David did. Say, why? It makes no sense. He wants to show kindness to us. The kindness of God. That's not based on anything that we have earned or done. Seeking and finding us. Mephibosheth did not know David, but David searches for this lost son of Jonathan. The king goes out of his way to seek the lost child, the lost sheep as it were. It's the picture of God and Jesus coming to this world to seek us who are not seeking him. In Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus says it specifically, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost, his kindness to us. Here we have an example, an illustration of how God continues to work with us. For Jesus' sake, God continues to work in this world and in our lives, calling out, Wanting to show kindness to people for Jesus' sake. Offering forgiveness in life. What wondrous kindness shown to us. God's forgiving grace. And that's, that's big. And you need to realize how big it is. You see that here even as David expresses kindness to Mephibosheth. What does he do? He gives him his land back. He gives him a place and provision. He restores all the land that used to belong to Saul, now belongs to Mephibosheth. As we come to Jesus, as we are gathered in by faith into God's family, we are given a place. We are given a a vast inheritance. We are granted by God First of all, too, just the place of being part of the family of faith in the church, that we are given a place among God's people, recognizing, too, with with God's provision on our life, how he grants us in so many ways, blessings of each day, home, family, the work we do, the opportunities that he presents, providing for us that we can provide for ourselves. We see the goodness of God in that, But then beyond that, Jesus says in John 14, I am preparing a place for you. And you will come and be with me. And you will have that sense of a new heaven and a new earth. All things made new. Living with God, with Jesus forever in eternity. 
That's big. That's huge. That's the kindness that God shows to us, giving us that assurance of salvation. The second thing is to be seated at the king's table. Seated at the king's table is a beautiful picture. It builds on that reality that we are children of God. Once we put our faith in Jesus, he draws us into his family and we, we are sitting at his table. How do, we, how do we receive that kindness? Let me suggest that it can be pictured, first of all, just at a very, very simple level. As you actually are sitting at your table, even today, even this afternoon for lunch, and that, that you see there the reality that, that God comes to be with you as you invite him, as you open the meal with prayer, as you reflect on his blessing together, as you maybe share in a little devotion, then, then the God of all the earth comes to be with you right there, and, and you are eating your meal with him. You are already there every day, seeing and, and receiving that assurance. You are at the king's table. He is providing for you. Give us this day our daily bread to receive that godly context. Furthermore, it moves beyond that to things like the Lord's Supper as we gather around that table to recognize what God has done for us. It's so big, forgiving our sins, feeding our soul, strengthening us in faith. And that goes on to the picture biblically of the great feast, again in eternity, where we will sit together around a table with the Lord. That kindness shown to us in Christ Jesus. All of that is pictured as we read this story from 2 Samuel 9. As we take that in, as we receive that truth of God's kindness to us. Only then can you begin to, to truly show that kindness to others. And that's what we are called to do. Big ways, maybe not so big. We can't always do the huge acts of kindness. But small ways. And I just had it the other day. I was out. Uh, I'm, I'm on the schedule. And uh, so to give blood... So every 56 days or so, I can give blood. So I'm sitting in the chair, and I'm giving blood, and in front of me on the wall is this poster. I ask if I could have it. And it says here, be kind to humankind. I'm thinking, I'm just preaching on kindness. A thousand acts of kindness campaign. We want to encourage a thousand acts of kindness through the month of August. Demonstrate an act of kindness by donating blood. Now, I don't know if you donate blood or not. If you do, very good. If you don't, yeah, consider it. But yeah, some do, some don't. It is, it is an act of kindness that we might take on. It's a small thing. Don't even notice it. But that you do things that, that have opportunity and in asking for the poster, in talking about, too, the, the message, I had opportunity to reflect with the staff there, too, about yeah, things of faith, things of life. Kindness continues to build. You might find, too, that even in relation to this particular story, working with those who have disabilities. Within our church itself, we have the Friendship 
group that meets, many people here are involved, people with mental and physical disabilities, to show kindness to them. The Christian Reformed Church started ministries to those people, yeah, quite a few years ago, and that continues to be a powerful ministry. What is that? People from the community are invited in, and they are shown kindness. And what is that? That's, that's, that's the kindness that God has shown to us, expressed to those around us, trying to be that kindness of God, welcoming people, giving them a place to meet, giving them that, that assurance of God's love. From there, too, that sense of being gracious and merciful. Let us together continue to reflect, first of all, on the kindness of God to us. That's where it starts. And then consider where you, too, can show kindness to those around you. Continue 